Welcome to Weekly Grooves. My name is Tim Houlihan. And I'm Kurt Nelson. Each week, Weekly Grooves uses a behavioral lens to explore a topic inspired by current events. We provide you with a different behavioral perspective on that topic, one that you won't get in your evening news or in most social media posts. We look to understand why we do what we do, and we use a topic as a way to explore that question. So what are we going to groove on this week, Tim? Well, there was a blog post by McKinsey and Company this week about the relative optimism that Americans still have about the economy and that their spending and purchasing behaviors are changing dramatically because of the crisis, that a large portion, like over 40%, feel that the economy will rebound in two to three months. Now, these are the same people who are anticipating spending 50% less on consumer electronics and 50% less on vehicle purchases. In fact, the only countries surveyed that are more optimistic are China at 47% optimistic and India at 52% feeling optimistic. And interestingly enough, they are on opposite ends of the crisis. China is beginning to see the end and India is just barely getting started. Yeah, Americans are optimistic even in the face of mounting unemployment figures and prominent economists stating that this will have long-lasting negative impacts. So our grooving question is why? Why are we feeling so optimistic when other countries are not? And the evidence is pointing that this will last significantly longer than two to three months. Yeah. So, Kurt, what, what was your first thought about well, that? Well, first note is that while 41% of Americans are are feeling optimistic, that means that 59% of Americans are not. So, <laughs> right. that's, that's the majority yeah. of people. So, yeah. this isn't saying that we're all Pollyanna and we're all sitting there thinking through this. Uh, and and the interesting part of this is there there wasn't much difference in this current one between Democrats and Republicans. It was mm-hmm. there was differences in the number of people who uh, if you had incomes over a hundred thousand, you were more optimistic and Gen Z uh, were yeah. more optimistic as well. but otherwise, uh, it was pretty consistent that the 41% of people, uh, you know, didn't have very much other de- defining aspects of this. Right. And when asked about what part they were most concerned about, 69% said that they were most concerned about how long it would last. Yeah. So, so that was the greatest uncertainty, right. you know, for people is how long it's going to last. And of course, you know, concern about the economy and things, things like that, um, you know, kind of flow from, from there as well. Okay. Why do you think, Tim, that 41% of Americans have a pretty optimistic perspective on the economy bouncing back two to three months? My first thought is the ostrich effect. Okay. It's people burying their head in the sand. <laughs> you know, uh, the, you know uh, George Lonestein's done work on this. Uh, there's a really a great paper. Uh, Dan Delay and Orly Said did this in uh, 2006, uh, where they talked about how people, when things are going really well, uh, they're happy to talk about it. They're happy to look at their portfolios. But as soon as things start going south, they pretty much just stop stop talking about it. They stop looking at it. They, investors will literally put their heads in the sand when the market is flat or failing. Right. So there's this element that it's too scary to contemplate. And I think right. that could very well be 
going on in this situation. It's too scary to think that the economy is going to tank for more than, you know, two or three months. That means that puts yeah. my whole life in danger. And wow, that's way too much for me to to be thinking about right now, particularly with everything else. And we've talked about emotional fatigue uh, on this and on behavioral grooves that that happens in this crisis, that we are just fatigued with all of this negative information that is coming towards us. And I think that is one of the aspects that maybe it's just, you know, we put our head in the sand and we don't have to think about it. We don't have to deal with it. Uh, and so that's good. Well, talk about decision-making under uncertainty. This is a massive amount of uncertainty. Yeah. It's way more than our brains are really built to handle. Right. So it's very, very difficult. And I, I'm in the same boat. I'm really struggling with how to process all of it and how to make decisions about my own future. Well, and and part of that comes from cognitive dissonance, right? So again, people having mm -hmm. this idea it, where, where you have two separate experiences and they have two contradictory beliefs there and that forms this sense of angst and discomfort within you. And so in order to get rid of that discomfort, you change one of your beliefs. So. <laughs> Right. Instead of right. actually facing reality and facing that discomfort, it's easier sometimes for us to just change a belief. And so that could be happening with this. That could be that they're changing the belief about the long-term impact on the economy. It's unknown, but that's a potential belief that they have, but that's discomforting because that means there's all this craziness that's going to happen. So I'll just change that belief. But what about willful ignorance? <laughs> what about just like actually saying, you know, I am going to not get this information into my head. I'm going to completely avoid it so that uh, I'm not tempted to make a good decision, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And I think there's, I don't know if people are doing that. There may be some of that. I think that's a little bit different. It's different than the ostrich effect, right, too. It's not necessarily yeah. willful. It is this more of a cognitive dissonance aspect of this. So, it's tough to say, but I do think that the ostrich effect, this cognitive dissonance aspect are probably playing into that 41% who are saying, yeah, I'm pretty optimistic over this whole thing. Yeah. What else do you think might be influencing this? Well, there's this, Optimism. yeah, there's this idea of American exceptionalism. And I, you know, this was just something that came to my head as I was thinking about this. This idea that America is somehow different than the rest of the world because of its history and its people. And there are people who believe that. There's this strong sense of American exceptionalism uh, in, in the world, right? And in, in America right now with, with, with a certain subset of people. And this hypothesis that we because of this exceptionalism, we're going to come out of this crisis better. Could be something that's there. And I think that that plays into confirmation bias, right? So if we believe that America is special, then we interpret the news and information in that light. This is different than cognitive dissonance. Confirmation bias mm -hmm. is this aspect where we, our brains actually at a subconscious level interpret the information and the news that we get differently. So it is this idea of we focus in on the positive aspects that support our belief in, in any kind of new situation, and we disbelieve those things that are contrary to that belief. So I think yep. that could be a part that plays into this. Could part of it also be a little bit of availability bias uh, in terms of just the stock market in recent years has been on a unprecedented growth spurt. And so the, 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 the information that we're getting 
recently is like everything is going great. Yeah. So and we are the greatest country in the world. So why can't we figure this out? And by the way, I don't have to worry about it. I can be confident. I can be satisfied that everything's going to work out because we're the greatest country in the world. Well, it could very well be. If you look at what we had 10 plus years of of economic growth, which is one of the longest sustained growth aspects if you look at gdp Ever. right yeah so yeah that that immediate past history that we had plays into potential belief about the future even though this is mm -hmm. a totally different world <laughs> yes. it's a worldwide pandemic yeah. that is impacting a vast swath of all global economic uh output so mm -hmm. so to just say well we were on this and this is what was happening it's it's looking at apples and oranges i think but it yeah. could very well play into certain people's beliefs about that optimism that they, they're holding and i get that it's human nature for us to go to rebuild i remember hearing interviews of people after hurricane irma or um harvey or people you know when new orleans was just completely flooded out yeah. and people were interviewed and they said you know what we're going to figure this out we're going to rebuild and i thought Holy Hannah, how could you even think that? But this is part of the human condition to say, we're going to figure this out. So on one level, I absolutely get that. But the idea of thinking that it could be over in two to three months, wow, I, well, it's hard, that's hard for me to get my head around. But again, there's, there's an evolutionary perspective to that, right? We have to have that hope. That's what drives us on. If we got so dismayed at every little downturn, we wouldn't do anything. And so this idea of, you know, maybe it is a little bit of willful ignorance in that perspective that we, we just <laughs> yeah. don't, don't take those negative realities into account as much as we should. And we, we have this hope it's, it's the why, you know, if people, if you look at the number of people who start a new business and the failure rates, nobody would ever start a new business, particularly like a restaurant and <laughs> different pieces because the, the failure rates on those are huge. But when we look yeah. at that, we go, well, that's everybody else and not me. We have this, this ideal perspective on the world. So I think that, that could definitely play into this. I also think that there has been, um, you know, a, a different perspective on how long this crisis will, will actually last and to have people have different perspectives on that. You know, the maybe people are still anchored into some of the, the direction that was coming from some of the leaders in the past, you know, even just a few weeks ago about, you know, don't worry about this. It's going to be okay. We're going to, we're going to get through this. It's not that big of a deal. And, you know, with the addition of the stimulus plan in there, that, yeah, that will help and get the, get the, the economy going. And so they're, they're expecting a V shaped recovery. You know, we're going really down really steep, but the recovery will come up really steep as well versus, an L shape, which would be really bad, which it's going straight down and then it just flattens out and it goes for a long time at that negative thing. Yeah. Or can't imagine, you know, and they're, and they're not really thinking, you know, a, a U shape either, which would be more of this going down, but then, a, you know, a longer time to, to recover from it. Okay. Good thoughts. Let's recap this quickly. While the majority of Americans don't see us coming out of the financial recession quickly, a fair amount do. And this 41% favorable outcome is larger than most other countries in the world. So some of that optimism is probably a result of a phenomenon called the ostrich effect. The idea that 
we avoid negative financial information. This is also related to cognitive dissonance, that feeling of discomfort that a person can experience when they hold two contradicting beliefs, and thus they need to change one belief in order to avoid that discomfort. There's also this history of American exceptionalism, that we are somehow special and that we will overcome this because of our unique history, culture, and people. And this could lead people to have confirmation bias, where they focus on information that confirms their belief and ignore information that contradicts it. That exceptionalism could also lead them to think that we will be over this crisis in two to three months and the economy will have a quick rebound after we are done. Yeah, so we appreciate you listening and hope that you've enjoyed this and found it useful. If you did like it, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. We so appreciate you listening. 